1: every team every topic everywhere this is believe. welcome back to episode 10 of on the fence before we begin today's intro is going to be a little bit different i wanted to announce that 90 percent of the profits from this episode will be going towards an animal shelter of my choosing so if you're listening thank you and you can help us raise as much as we can please share this episode on your instagram stories twitters facebook and tell all of your friends and family but now on to the episode
0: this is On The Fence with Monica Akasame.
1: Today, we have a very special guest. Joanna Krupa is a Polish-American model, actress, and animal rights activist. She's known internationally as the host and head judge of Polish Top Model, as well as for appearances on reality TV shows such as Dancing with the Stars and The Real Housewives of Miami. She has been on the cover of many magazines, including Maxim, Playboy, South Africa GQ, and Polish Cosmopolitan and Glamour. She has also done multiple campaigns for PETA. I could go on and on, but I think I've sung enough words of praise. Well, Joanna, welcome and thank you so much for joining us today hi <laughs> as always I start off talking about how I meet my guests and I feel like our story is a little funny because I grew up watching you my mom obviously knew who you were so we ended up connecting on Instagram and I remember the day you followed me back where, and where I called my mom was like you mom you will never believe who just followed me like what ki- how did this even happen <laughs> and then there was your event in New York and we all went out to dinner and chatted and it was so crazy because you were my first big celebrity who I got to learn that you know like you're you're just a human, just like. Every Everybody else, you were so cool and and humble, so that was really a really fun experience for me. Oh,
2: thank you. Yeah, and it was very sweet for you coming to support my event. And you know, I think it's something about also that you're you're Polish, and you know, there's there's always like sometimes there's like a special bond. And I followed your you know I seen your posts and stuff, and and I thought you were adorable, and you had you know with your success and and with the Olympics and stuff. So I just thought it's you know it's inspiring. It was also inspiring. So I think that's why like when you know we start following each other was you know it was just like something like wow i'm proud of this girl you know another uh another the future another future polish uh you know success
1: Yeah, yeah. I feel like we, there's not a lot of Polish Americans that really are, I've seen a lot of Polish people in America be like, oh no, I'm American. Like, no, you've been living here 20 years. You were born in Poland. Why are you, why are you taking away from your heritage? And that was always something that I always valued in you, where you stuck to your roots. You said, yes, Polish American, you know, I want to be, that's exactly what I want to be. I don't want to change anything.
2: Yeah. And you know what, That exactly what you just said. It it makes me sad because at the end of the day, everybody, is from somewhere we're all immigrants you're you know unless you're American Indian you're not you know an American so for me like I remember growing up we had you know like mom had friends that wouldn't allow their kids to speak Polish like like, we left Poland we don't need to speak Polish it's just like are you serious wow wouldn't you want your kids to speak like different languages and I, I I think because of that growing up I realized like how people sometimes it was like an embarrassment like oh we got out so now we're cool we don't want to you know even admit that we come from another country, which is just sad. Like you to me, it's like, be proud of where you come from. You know, right. so that's right. you wouldn't like, be where you are today. Exactly. It's like, you know what? I love that, that, that I was born in Poland. I love, you know, my, my family. I love America. I love my dogs. It's just like you, you, you should be proud of everything. You know, we all also make mistakes in life. You learn from them, but don't hide from something, you know, for, especially from a place that you were born. It's just sad.
1: Right. No, I, I definitely agree. I, I actually never heard anybody say don't speak Polish, like we've moved on from that. That's wild. Wow. People are crazy, to the extreme.
2: To the extreme, yes. I think we've experienced that
1: recently. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and something else that we definitely bonded over is our love for dogs. How many dogs do you have at this point?
2: Sadly, I have four. I had seven, uh, three passed away in the last two years. A two from old age. One was almost a uh, senior, but just ended up getting heart disease and got sick one day. And, and oh, I'm sorry. Poor yeah. little
1: munchkins. That's, that's the sad part of dogs are so incredible. Animals in general, and they live such short lives. Meanwhile, there's horrible people in the world who live for 90 something be the other way around. <laughs> right. Exactly. I agree. Amen to that. Um, but what was the most amount of dogs you had at one time? I think you were telling me when I think those were what in Miami? Didn't you have like? No, in Los
2: Angeles. I had probably it was either twelve or fifteen. It was like temporary, but uh, when I was fostering uh, dogs, there were times where a rescue group needed a space until they can transport uh, the dogs to another location. So I think it was yeah around fifteen at one at one time, which. Thankfully, my neighbors never knew the the truth or I would have okay. been in a lot of trouble. <laughs> That's
1: crazy. That's kind of my dream to have a home with a large yard and be able to take in a bunch of dogs. It is
2: oh. a dream. It is amazing. But it's like sometimes it's it's really draining. So you, oh, I'm sure if you have that, just make sure you have help because, yeah, there are a lot of work. I mean, I have one dog, Darla, that has glaucoma. So it's like, you know, three times a day, you got to give her the drops. And now it's it's heartbreaking because now I have to kind of get to the point where I have to decide on eye surgery removal, which is killing me because obviously I don't want to do it, but I also can't be selfish and and not do it because the doctors make you feel, you know, guilty. Well, she has headaches every day. I'm like, how do you know she has headaches? She's acting normal, you know, like she's like the same dog. So I got to, you know, I got to decide if if I'm going to pull the trigger on that. And then I have another dog that's been like going in and out of the hospital for the last month. She has an inflamed stomach and an intestine. So it's just like, it's like never ending. So I'm telling you, it is draining, but it's worth it. I mean, they're just, nobody is excited when you come home as as they are. So it's, and you know, there's no better snuggle buddy besides my daughter, of course, than, you know, than your fur babies.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, even with, well, I have two, but my mom's dog and I, that I kind of take care of when I'm home, yeah. but there's always something like Pongo in the last two years, he ended up, there's something called happy tail syndrome where he smacked his tail on something and the tip oh. of it went missing. He like cracked it open and then... Then, like, then there was nerve damage, so it fell off. So for three months, I was bandaging his tail, like, and then it would, the bandage would fly off. So that was a process. And then a month ago, we were playing frisbee, and he ripped off his toenail, which I didn't even know that. That's the worst. yeah. For horrible, them. and it was just so much blood. Oh, my God. So it was always something. <laughs> it's like you know it's having
2: a child seems a little bit easier you know to, to be so honest funny. with you.
1: <laughs> especially because at some point they start speaking and your dogs will never speak and you have exactly. to figure out what it is that they want yeah,
0: yeah. oh my god that's so
1: funny <laughs> okay well like i told you the idea of having you come on this episode is that you played a huge role in the adoption of my peruvian dog which you never hold, heard the entire story you just kind of heard the summary which i don't remember what i told you because that was such an emotional and like dramatic day for me so i thought it'd be nice for you to to hear the full story. Um, and before we start, I want to also say again, thank you, because this wouldn't have been possible without you. And my pleasure.
2: God, if there was only more people like you that, you know, gone of a trip and come back with with a poor, you know, yeah, there's so many
1: dogs over there. Like it was literally my nightmare. Like I want to see South America, but I don't think I can do it with the amount of dogs like I was in Mexico and this dog that was literally a skeleton cross across the street. And I cried hysterically for the rest of the day. So I don't know if I can continue traveling because I would adopt all of these dogs.
2: That's a problem.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But this he's amazing. So that's awesome that at least he gets to have a loving home.
2: Yeah, I mean, he definitely won the lotto. That's for sure.
1: That's what we we actually we tell him. And my mom asks, she's like, she asks him, she's like, do you realize like what you did? Like you walked into the arms of literally the most, the perfect person. Like, did he yeah. know at the time that like, I'm the yeah. sucker that's going to bring him home? <laughs> God, from the streets to living in in Jersey, going on walks, sleeping on beds, crazy. So the story began obviously in Peru when I was there for the Pan American games and I convinced my teammate to go fly with me to Cusco to go climb Machu Picchu. And the process to get to Machu Picchu is insane. Have you ever been to Machu Picchu? Never. Well, it's a journey. So you can only get there by, you have to book through a travel agency. You need a van to get to the train station, a train, and then you need tickets to get up to Machu Picchu. So it's a whole process. So when we went, uh, we went the day before, we didn't realize how much far in advance that you actually have to plan it out. We actually got the last two available spots on the train for the the day which this whole story is this whole big coincidence that I even found him but that's part of it so we got the last two seats we had to wake up at like 4 30 in the morning to take this first like the van to the train station we were freezing in the train station because there's no heat of course then you have that hour and a half long train ride and then you can either climb the stairs or you can take a bus up to Machu Picchu okay. us being athletes we decide we're gonna take the stairs and it is the steepest climb up the stairs that I have ever done in my life so we were post competition and like halfway up we're like why are we stupid we could have been lazy people and taken the bus yeah but no we climbed the stairs whatever great worked out and then when we came down we had two hours left to for the train because we since we have the last two train tickets it was like the crazy times instead of like you can come down and take the train right away so again coincidence of all this so my my teammate wanted to take out money from the atm the first atm we go to has no cash there's only one other atm and you have to go up the little it's the smallest town ever and and she wants to go to the ATM and I say, I'm going to sit down in this bench. I can't do it anymore. My legs hurt. So I sit down on the bench. I'm just hanging out. And then all of a sudden this black dog comes up to me and I put my hand out. He sniffs my hand. I pet him. And then within seconds, he has his two front paws in my lap. Like I never even invited him. He just like walked up. So I'm just laughing like to myself, like petting him. I took photos as I'm petting him. He brings up his hind legs, lays down in my lap. So I'm just holding this dog and he's not a tiny dog and he's just laying in my my teammate comes she's like what did you do and i was like when i tell you i actually didn't do anything where i've been feeding dogs in the street i don't even have anything on me i don't know he's just in my lap yeah so then I asked her if she can go buy get him some kind of food. She comes uh, with cans of tuna. We feed him. He drinks water. And this time he got off my lap. As soon as he's done, he gets back into my lap. He was sleeping, having dreams. Because I learned homeless dogs actually don't get normal sleep, which makes sense because they're terrified so they can never actually sleep fully. Really? Oh my yeah. god.
2: That, that breaks my heart.
1: He slept non-stop at the vet because they kept updating me. And obviously, I mean, obviously he was skinny. But yeah, he was like passed out in my arms. And then... came time to leave so I'm already in tears I already fell in love with this dog and I put him off he jumps on the bench and then goes to climb onto my back again I'm just crying more he gets Mm -hmm. off the bench he starts grabbing my legs with his paws I get down on the ground already like again tears flowing down my face I go and hug him he grabs my jacket with his teeth I'm sobbing out loud I'm like starting to tear up thinking about this so I'm walking (laughs) so I'm walking to the train he's following me again like even more tears And then this couple next to me, she's like, well, you you have to take him home. And I was like, if only I could, like I would, like I fell in love with his dog. At this train station, same thing, trying to get into into my back, grabbing my feet with his legs, grabbing my jacket with his teeth. I'm a mess. My teammate like drags me away. And she's like, how would you bring him home? Like, this is a whole process, putting him on the train, flying him home. Like, how would you even do this? I'm like, you're right. You're right. I can't do it. I can't do it. But I'm a mess on the train. I posted a photo on Instagram saying like, if anybody sees him, him, take a photo of him, feed him, give him water, take care of him. And that's where everything begins. So people were following me, I'm I've obviously in Peru, and then just people in general that followed me and people start reaching out. They're like, hey, bring this dog home. And then this one person says, listen, my friend helps people bring home dogs internationally. Why don't I put you in touch? Mm-hmm. So all this starts happening and I'm like starting to get excited. So like, okay, okay, how can, like, is this even possible? And then I thought of you because you're animal activists and you obviously, like we talked about dogs and you're in touch with all these people. So I was like, let me, let me message Joanna. Maybe she'll know. At least I can find out if this is possible. I gave you the summary. Like I said, I don't even remember what I told you because this was just a crazy mess at that point. But you connected me to your friend. I think it was at Animal Hope and Wellness. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it was. And then she was answering questions and then you off to the side messaged me. You're like, hey, we're making this happen. Whatever I got to do, let's bring this dog home. So like, I didn't even have a chance to think about any of this. Like, (laughs) oh my God, now my pressure into it yeah well I, did, I didn't even have time to think about literally what was happening because yeah. like on this hour and a half long train ride everything was taken care of literally everything like I was already in touch with a vet in Cusco she she already had a cage for me I already knew the dog was going to Lima I already knew what flight the dog was going to be on I knew everything so then it kept like all hitting me in waves where I was like what am I doing again like am I re- is this really happening so I changed all of my plans I was supposed to go to another town the next day mm-hmm. but instead I extended my my Airbnb in Cusco So I went to the vet to pick up the cage. I got an Uber to go to this train station, which you're not even supposed to take an Uber because they don't go that far, but we negotiated. (laughs)
2: <laughs> of course you did.
1: Of course. I got to the train station with this giant crate. Because like I said, he's not a small dog. So I think the crate's like, I don't know, probably five, six feet. Um, it was like 70 pounds, 60? I think 60. I don't remember, but I think 60. But it's pretty big, but it's folded up. But not, not fun to carry around. So I get to the train station. The guy's like, no, you can't get on this train. I was like, no, I already talked to people. I know I can. You guys have room. So it's always that
2: one person trying to make your life miserable.
1: Yeah. So I was told to like keep using Pan American Games and the fact that we won in like the Olympics and she was like they'll do anything took a little bit of crying but we got on the train I also took the oh no just kidding wait I went to a hostel first that's what it was I forgot that part with an outdoor shower woke up at four o'clock in the morning to get onto the train but it was a one mile hike to get to the train station with this cage this Mm. is where I was like I'm the craziest person in the world only I would do this I was crying carrying this cage my arms hurt and then it was the guy telling me I can't put on the train that was the order whatever got the cage on the train I arrived in town I asked this hotel lobby to bring to leave the cage out so I can walk around looking for this dog and at first when I walk around the entire area I can't find him anywhere so at this point I'm like I've done all this stuff now this dog's nowhere to be found like what have I done this is so stupid so I'm in tears but then I cross over the one bridge to get to the other side and I see him so crazy me starts running and this dog kind of like stopped ready to attack me but as I kept talking to him I guess he realized because you, you can see his demeanor change and he starts getting excited he runs to me I bought a collar for him. So I put him on the collar. Meanwhile, it's like seven or eight o'clock in the morning and there's an entire line of people waiting for the bus. So people are like, are you bringing this dog home? I was like, yeah, I am. So they start clapping for me. I'm like crying tears of joy that I found him. And then the whole mess begins of the entire process because they don't care about these dogs in Peru.
2: A lot of countries don't care about animals. That's the the sad part.
1: Yeah. I heard that's actually how it used to be in Poland. My mom said that like nobody gave a shit about them.
2: I mean, it's still pretty bad. Like in the country, Countrysides, they have them chained up, and you know, in the winter time, and it's just, yeah. I mean, we can educate people and, and and do as much as we can, but you still get those, you know. And it's like I understand, like some people, like, well, they're, you know, some countries are just so poor that they can't feed themselves. But I'm just like, but still, like, I mean, I can't put myself in that's in my in those shoes because I'm not those people. But I'm like, there has to be a way of, you know, like a rescue group or somebody. That sees this as happening, there has to be, you know, like sorry, not not trying to cut you off or anything, but when I went right. out on my honeymoon in Boraboro with my husband. The same thing, you you know, you leave the you know the beautiful resort area, you go into the main island, and you see so many stray dogs. It yeah. just it just kills you. And so of course we bought a bunch of food. We you know we ran, I mean drove around the island feeding them. They were just so you know appreciative. But thankfully I found out there was a rescue group there um, specifically specifically for that island and a vet so of course I met with them and they told us you know what they do so I've you know helped donated a little bit of money there and so at least it made me feel good that I just didn't leave you know something like they do as much as they can obviously they can't help all of them because there are people that just don't care it's a poor you know the the locals are poor so they don't worry about the dogs they worry about them their own selves so I mean it's tough it's tough but yeah these the there's a lot of countries where, where you go, going, you just see so many stray animals.
0: It's
1: just- Yeah, but the, the problem here with Peru is they, instead of they see somebody's trying to adopt this dog, instead of helping me, they made it so difficult for me. And like, you have all these stray dogs. Why are you making it difficult for me? They're like, why do you want care. this dog? Because
2: like, they don't care. It's to them, it's a thing. It's like a leaf on the tree. Like, and like, who cares, you know?
1: Right, now, that was the craziest part to me. That was what I couldn't grasp because I needed a park ranger, which I met up with. And he went to go talk to the train company And that was a whole process. They came back that this dog needs papers. And meanwhile, the dog has a cage. So why does it really need papers? But of course I didn't have any. So the vet that I was in touch with forged the papers, but then they would come out and ask me questions. Cause they're like, okay, but like, how does this dog have papers here? And you need to bring the dog back. I was like, um, the vet came here to make sure the dog was good. And they're like, so why didn't you leave together with a vet? I was like, because I didn't have a cage and I had to go back and get the cage. So they kept throwing questions at me and I had to like panic and think. Make things up. Got through that. But they're like, okay, well, the dog can be put on another train as cargo. They can't go with you. And I was like, no, I need the dog with me. I have like transport arranged. I want to make sure the dog's taken care. of. They're so like, okay, well, you can go talk to the the whole manager of this whole company. I was like, okay, sounds good. So I get put into this office. I'm already like, so like, we're running out of time. I don't know what to be doing. And then he was like, okay, like, well, why do you need this dog? Like, do you need it for emotional reasons? And I was like, yes, that's exactly it. That's why I need this. He is my emotional support dog. And he's like, okay, well, I need papers. Okay. <laughs> next, next step. So I texted, I think like 15 people, anyone that I know is in medical school, knows a doctor, dated a doctor, anything and everybody. <laughs> and like again, I'm running out of time. Um, Love Hopefully my best friend Tom responded really quickly and he's like sure okay and like asked me a few questions the doctor yeah awesome yeah so he prescribed me as the motion support dog and he like didn't ask questions because like you can't ask questions we don't have time like can you do this <laughs> and if you can do this like what do you need so he figured that out we had to send it over to the company they're like okay cool we put the dog on the train in the in the cage which was so like the process later was so heartbreaking because I'm like I'm pulling this dog out of this situation he's terrified he has no idea what's going on i'm the only thing that he knows like even in the cage he would only sit like at the door as closest to me as possible but he was like sitting against the cage door and like if he would fall asleep he would wake up to look at me we got him back in the car and he couldn't he was supposed to sit in the back seat but he crawled over to the front seat because he was so terrified the entire time i
2: mean you know things don't really always come together like that so i'm i'm glad it was it's a happy ending you know oh my god it's
1: amazing i mean we all love him and
2: there were some issues with me making the payment with their wire info like the the money wouldn't go through they're like we have to let we have to put the dog on the plane right now if we don't have the money i'm like the money it just it's out of my account i'm like i just sent reach out. i'm like it's out of my account right what else can i do oh my god so then i was like stressed out that they weren't gonna put him in the plane i'm like you gotta be i'm like i hate you just double check with your bank let the dog go
1: yeah no that was definitely really stressful and then because also because he we got him castrated so then he ripped he chewed through his himself out of his cone. That's what it was. So we had to wait an additional week because he was licking his wounds. He's so smart. It's crazy. I mean, obviously because he survived. But yeah, I mean, afterwards getting to the vet, he had to get flown to Cusco, and then from then he sat in quarantine in Lima for three weeks, and then he got shipped over through. He had a layover in Panama, I think, if I remember correctly, and then JFK. And it was crazy to have seen him change like through this through the years. Like I didn't. He like was. He didn't sleep on the bed. He didn't cuddle. He was so afraid of everything, and like. Like I said, now at night, he'll move down to the edge of the bed because he doesn't want to wake you if he moves. And then in the morning when you wake up, he like gets up and literally like crawls into your arms. So you're spooning him. Wow. Yeah. So he's... He's absolutely incredible. And um, I mean, my mom's like literally obsessed with him. She told my grandpa that he was the love of her life. My grandpa's like, you're in love with the dog. And she's like, if you met this dog, you would understand. Oh,
2: I love it.
1: Yeah. And then the video I showed you, like he comes and he kisses you. And it, like then he gives this like frustrated, like, because he, w- I don't even know how to explain it. Like he would want to do more, but he can't. So he like has this frustrated little sound when he's like nibbling on your nose.
2: Lucky, lucky little munchkin. That's for sure. My guy. Can you imagine like his friends? Like, where did he go? What happened? Remember that guy? Where did he go? Wonder what's going on with him. It's like, hey, when did he get saved?
1: Right, I know. Like, let me find a crazy girl. <laughs> and it's crazy too like thinking about like if he had puppies like where are those puppies it's just i don't know. You know
2: that probably was the case i'm sure he has some babies out there
1: yeah i wish i could save them all but
2: yeah trust me i mean it's like you know there were points in my life where i was just like going you know like kind of not getting depressed but just being so down so much because i'm just like i felt like even you know what i did in my power which isn't as much as you know other people can do but i did as much as i thought i could but it's you know ever feel like it's enough and you know. and you're like in one way you feel why should I help this dog when there's all these other dogs like you feel guilty because yeah. how can you choose them you know and oh, that, yeah. that that's the worst part and it's like I try to get myself to understand like if you're helping one it's that one that you're you know at least it's you're saving its life so stop thinking about everything else because you can't save them all it's like just one one at a time and and yeah but it, you know no matter how you look at it there's always a little bit guilt because you're just like why is this dog special? And lucky, and this one's not, and it breaks your heart. But.
1: Yep, I'm exactly the same way. So, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, I'm tearing up thinking about it because it's my same mentality. Like I said, I mean, whenever I see a homeless dog, like, people think I'm crazy because I see a dog that's like sitting in a parking lot. I'm like, can you pull over? There's a convenience store, I'll buy food, whatever. And they're like, you can't help every dog. I'm like, okay, but I can help this dog. No, like, exactly. anyone that I see, I want to help them.
2: Yeah, no, it, you know what? Like, if everybody thought like we, we do and had the heart that, that we do, the world would be a better place. You know, I think that's the problem. There's just so many people that are just so like they live in their bubble and they don't care what goes on in the world and with other anybody else besides who's in their circle. And and that's the sad part, you know, because I think no matter what your income level is or success level, we we can help. It just literally takes a little to help, you know, at least spread the message. Go to a shelter, go, you know, volunteer, take dogs for a walk. I mean, there's always ways that, that we can help, you know, and it's just I don't think there's just, Enough people that that care. That's I think at the end of the day the problem. But you know, look how people treat each other. So I guess we can't. Yeah. We can't expect the world to be perfect because people just hurt one another on a daily basis. So
1: yeah, I think the I think the world just lacks compassion in every single way. That's the perfect word, compassion. Because I mean, animals are loving. Every single animal is loving, like horses, dogs, even chickens. Like they they all have feelings, and people just treat them like like
2: nothing because (laughs) they don't speak, so they can't talk back and they can't say something hurt. Them, so they're like, yeah, they can't speak, so who cares right. how they're yeah. feeling, you know, and that,
1: and even dogs like, you can hit a dog and the dog will still come back to you. I'm mean, mm-hmm. even like seeing all like the crazy torture porn that comes from all of, from China, and you'll see these dogs and someone hurts them, and the dogs are like, looks at them confused of like, why did you do that to me?
2: Yeah, my sister adopted a dog from one of the uh, meat trades in, in China, and at first, she was mainly Li was like so uh scared of you know, everything everybody obviously she loved my sister because she, she knew that she's her new owner but and like you just look at this dog and like you're just like how could anybody like even think to torture you you know it's like I don't know. I, I i don't know i'll never i'll never understand but
1: same, same. like i look at even at Otto when he's like sitting oh, my god and this dog just has so much personality he's <laughs> like he's like better behaved than like my mom's dog who was raised in the house because i think he's just kind of constantly like listen like they let me into their home i'm not gonna misstep over here in case they throw yeah. me out but like i look at him like how how did people not how do you not have a home he's beautiful and, like i said so sweet so giving but yeah i mean a lot
2: of problems i think and you know you know, in in those in like in certain countries it's they there's n- there's no rescue groups that control you know spaying and neutering that's the right. biggest issue you know yeah. because of that if if we had different you know rescue groups in each country or you know all little towns of each country then you know there would be a way at least to control right um, the overpopulation with you know i mean but we have the same issue here in america it's like because of the overpopulation people don't spay and neuter their dogs and then millions of them get euthanized in the shelters. Right. So it's just...
1: But see, I don't think it's that difficult to change.
2: Yeah. You know, or you have an... on, You know, like, because there's some organizations where they have, you know, the vans where they they drive right. around and spay and neuter or they vaccine animals. And so Hopefully your story really inspires other people that, you know, that a fur baby is, you know, it could be your best friend no matter what part of the world you're in. And it's sometimes it's worth to go go through a little bit of trouble like you did because I mean what you did for him it's like dedication like this dog is seriously like he he's won the lotto because all the obstacles you you were going through you you didn't give up you still went for it and you still did it so I mean it's amazing I think it's like an inspirational story and and you should you know keep talking about it hopefully it will get other people to do the same next time they're traveling and they see a lonely little fur baby and hopefully they their best friend or at least try to find a local local home for them Yeah,
1: or, or a rescue of anything
2: yeah if res- I
1: can, like with my story when I was sharing it and I was saying of like if I can at least get one dog adopted from me sharing my story I, I already did something with it but
2: you know it's like a ripple effect you know you do something and if one person hears you then they'll tell another person then that person will tell somebody and that's just the way life is and you know at least you can feel warm in your heart that you did something good and by hopefully inspire other people to do the same you know and and then. I'm sure it did and you have an angel with you because i'm yep. sure he you know he's he's so grateful and and he'll always be by your side and i'm sure he'll bring you lots of good luck he does <laughs>
1: he does we just we're currently working on him so he can come to new york because he's terrified of other people so
2: There's it not. makes me
1: really sad that he's not here with me i have my i have pongo because he's easy the, to the
2: to black know. and white one right
1: yeah so we're working on auto i might have to get a trainer because he's yeah. he barks at other people he's just terrified he literally starts shaking so oh. it's gonna work in progress it all also taught me an absurd amount of patience because that's like, the word for yeah take okay. like three steps and then you fall down four and then you have to keep going because we like we would make progress with him and then he would backtrack and it's a lot of patience but how old
2: is he did you find out how old he was when you got him
1: we really have no idea they say three or four i think younger his teeth are, are super white and okay. all he wants to do is play so i guess but it's also hard to decide because he could just want to play because he never was allowed to play but he's literally like that's all he wants to do is play with people yeah i mean
2: and plus he's just so happy, you know, and doesn't know what to do with himself. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I'm thinking around, like, I mean, it was his first birthday last year. I'm thinking three years old. Three years old,
2: yeah, and, and you don't know what he's been through those years that he was on the, you know, on the road. You don't know the abuse he's he's gone through, and, you know, that's probably why he's scared of noise and people because it just reminds him, you know. Of everything,
1: and, like, all the unknowns, and, like, the first thing he hears, firework, he, like, runs into my arms, he's barking at them, he can't calm down, so, like, July 4th was a whole process, us, but, oh, yeah, I can imagine. You know, yeah i mean we you and i have talked about july 4th and, and dogs but like so i took them i took all the dogs camping so we're in the middle of nowhere oh. so at least you don't have to worry about that so at least doing what i can for him
2: okay and that's all um that's all that it takes but you know hopefully other people listen and you know and get inspired and, and do the same
1: yeah, I hope so. And then like I was telling you, we're going to donate 90% of the proceeds of this episode to some kind of shelter. So if you have one in mind, let me know. Or if not, I'll just donate to one that I know.
2: I trust you to, to donate to the one you know. Well, <laughs>
1: cool, perfect. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you for helping me with the dog and help. Thank you for coming yeah. on and spreading awareness. Sounds
2: good. And let's talk more about your little idea there. We will. I'm excited. Okay. <laughs> Bye, sweetheart.
0: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.